0: Do you normally follow me on TikTok? I'm guessing you haven't seen me for a while. That's because I've been battling a crushing shadow ban. And I also have an account warning. As most of you know, I got banned over a year ago and it's been a struggle getting back to where I was and these shadow bans aren't helping. To try to save this account, I've put my TikTok on private and I'm taking a break from TikTok until November. I've even deleted the app. If you wanna see my usual short form content, then please follow me on Instagram. The link is in the description. Again, follow me on Instagram. Also, so TikTok can't pull an Andrew Tate on me, I'm asking people to subscribe to my email list. If you do, I'll give you some cool stickers free of charge with postage paid. I'll put the link in the description for that too, but you can sign up at list.comeonmanpod.com. That's L-I-S-T dot comeonmanpod.com. Get some cool stickers and here's the show. You're listening to the premier podcast for men who want to not only be better with women, but want to be better men in general. This is the Come On Man podcast. And here's your host, Paul Bauer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Come On Man. If you haven't done so already, please like, fave, and subscribe. Hit those notifications. If you are listening on your favorite audio platform of choice, please give us a five star review and actually take some time to write out why you like the show. All that kind of stuff boosts us in the algorithm and uh, gets us in front of more men. So, the if you think that more men could benefit from listening to the podcast please uh please help spread the word that way and if you are watching on on youtube please leave a comment that helps as well just drop your favorite emoji i don't care i, I don't even give a shit if if it's if it's a, an eggplant emoji you know like the the dick emoji just just put that in the fucking comments dude i, I don't even care <laughs> i don't even care all right Oh, also, please help support the show by joining my Patreon. Uh, At the time of this recording, I made some modifications to it. I decided that the Discord community was probably not going to work out, not at this early stage anyway. So I've changed the tiers. So Tier 3, you get unlimited tech support now uh, via Telegram. Uh, Tier uh, 4, you get... uh, you get a monthly audio call from me over Telegram, plus you get the unlimited tech support over Telegram. And then tier five, the the granddaddy of them all, you get a one-on-one Zoom call with me every month. On top of that, you get the one-on-one voice call every month and unlimited tech support. So that that top tier actually gets the most value. So check that out, help support the show. The link is in the description or you can just go to patreon.com slash come on man pod. All right. My guest this week is a returning guest. He's a 3% brother. He's uh, Malcolm Bell. And uh, he returned to the podcast this week. If If you guys don't, didn't go back and listen to the original episode with Malcolm. Malcolm is the social circle guy. It's hard to say that five times fast. He's the social circle guy. So he's the dating coach that teaches men, to sort of find women the old fashioned way through social circles. And so this time Malcolm came back on because he wanted to talk about all the things that he's learned since he's moved to Russia. At the time of the last recording, he had literally just basically fled Canada and moved to Russia, which is really funny to hear, right? Like no one thinks about that. Like things must be pretty bad in Canada. If you're fleeing Canada and moving to Russia of all places, but Malcolm loves it there. And he's and he shares with us all sorts of things that he's learned since being there. And it's a, it's a great interview. Great interview. You guys are going to get a lot of value out, out of this. And um, I'll bring you that conversation right after these words. Families have a lot going on. Hey you, I'm going to make this real quick. I know you hate ads. If you like this show, if you love this podcast, if you think more men should tune in, then you should consider joining my Patreon. You will be supporting the show, and I get to help more men level up their lives. There's now five tiers available, starting as low as $5 a month. It's like buying me a beer, and each tier gives you better bonuses. Visit patreon.com slash comeonmanpod to sign up. That's Patreon.com/slash ComeOnManPod. One last time, that's Patreon.com/slash ComeOnManPod. Help me help more men level up and be better with women. All right, returning to the podcast is my good friend Malcolm Bell. I had him on the podcast in January, I think.
1: In January, yeah, it was the last
0: one. Yeah, to talk about talk to you guys about how they can uh, how you guys can meet women the old fashioned way through social circles. And uh, Malcolm has been living in Russia for the last few months and wanted to talk about some of the lessons he's learned over there. What's going on, brother?
1: Man, just chilling, staying out of trouble as much as possible. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy how many messages I get from like, because I'm Canadian, right? But yeah, it's crazy how many messages I get from people from like other Canadians, old friends, whatever, family members even. Just like laying into me about living in Russia, it's like, yeah. it's like if their personal business is like what's going on in Russia what's happening. And for me, it's like, everything is completely normal. I is would it? say more normal than what I left behind in Canada. Cause when I left Canada, it was like, um, there were a lot of like economic issues that were starting to foment. And there were a lot of like medical, you know, medical Whatever you want to call it, I'm not going to say the certain words on here because I don't want to get us taken off of certain platforms. Right.
0: There's a lot of political but, stuff going on there.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of bullshit going on. And um, when I came here to Russia, it was like night and day. It was I felt like I was going on vacation to 2014. It was crazy.
0: That is so str- strange too, because yeah, when you told me about that, I was shocked a little bit myself. I mean, I, I was I wasn't like why Why would you do such a thing? It was like <laughs> That's fascinating to me. That things in Canada have gotten so bad that you're you're going to move to Russia, <laughs> like
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, well, it's interesting you know? to see too how the West and the East, we'll call it Russia, China, yeah. have more and more and more begun to detach from each other, and all of the sanctions that have been put on Russia and the economic warfare that's been going on has been. Really, like if you were trying to set up like a 1984 style um, or sorry, 1984 or was it Brave New World? I forget now with Eurasia and and Oceania and they're always at war with each other and these different power blocks, you know, disconnecting Facebook, disconnecting Instagram, disconnecting a plethora of websites, like random stuff you wouldn't think about, like WebMD. I can't get on WebMD without, you know, a VPN here in Russia. So there's this massive like, s- like separation now. Um, and it's also being now realized ideologically as well, which is kind of cool how the Russian spirit and the Russian you know, way of viewing the world, which I think is quite distinct from the Western way of viewing the world, is um, being allowed, we'll say, to push towards its logical conclusions, maybe. Like, for example, I mean, one of the things that I've found is it's amazing how my deep interest in socializing and helping men. You know, build communities is something which is a very old and very valued idea here, right? Mm. And where in the West, everyone's like this rampant individualism, you have in a place like Russia or even Eastern Europe, it's much, much more connected with um, the highest virtues are not money. Um, The highest virtues, although they are materialistic, um, they like, you know, driving G wagons and they like, dressing well and looking good and impressing their friends through material success. At the same time, it's a lot of times more about the connection with other people than it is about the material, you know, success in and of itself. If that kind of makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That does make sense. Can I ask you what it's been like living over there? Cause I mean, the last time we talked, the whole Ukraine situation didn't uh, start but it started since then Mm -hmm. now from, from uh, what it's like over here, there's like a whole faction of people on one side Mm -hmm. that are like, Oh, Ukraine, we got to support Ukraine and they've changed all their fucking profile pictures to Ukrainian (laughs) flags and stuff. I'm like, what? Like, what, why are you changing your profile picture to a Ukrainian flag? Are you even Ukrainian? Like, stop. Um, And then there's the whole other side. That's just like, we should stay out of it um yeah. what's it or you know but in the, but the pro-ukrainian people are all anti-russia now you know i've got mm-hmm. guys that work for me that are, are super on that side and mm-hmm. they're like oh putin he's a dictator and stuff yeah. and i'm like it, it is he a dictator though i don't think that's uh an appropriate uh label but what's it been like on that side of the curtain
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, So I have to be careful too, because I don't, like I'm learning Russian and I'm getting, you know, decent at it, Yeah. but I don't watch Russian TV. I don't watch Russian news. Mm. um, Even my social media does not show me Russian um, centered issues or ideas. Yeah. And so it's really hard for me to talk about like, um, you know, what is it from the perspective of Russians? Now, that being said, like I've met a lot of people here. um, I've met a lot of people who are well-connected into the political world, into the financial world, people who work for SpareBank, um, people who work for uh, NGOs and different international organizations. And their attitude is very much, um, it's very pragmatic. It's mm-hmm. very focus on the things over which you have control and then ignore everything else. It becomes like infotainment. One of my Russian friends was telling me, he was I was asking him like, you know like has this been affecting because putin came to saint petersburg recently and gave a speech to a whole bunch of finance guys and my friend was at that um event and he was saying that the the speech that putin gave was basically um stop looking to the government and stop looking to the state dumas to solve your issues you are this is a room of some of the smartest and hardest working russians it's up to you to figure out how this country is going to progress into the future and how it's going to work don't look to me like I'm your dad to try to fix all your issues for you. Take responsibility for Russia. Take responsibility for yourselves. Um, he's like, and he was basically saying, like, our primary goal is to make sure that you people can do things inside Russia to innovate and create and build and design and old and invent but our job is more to protect borders stop um you know revolutions things like this now of course you could say as soon as someone says it's to stop revolutions like immediately it's like oh he's a dictator um Mm -hmm. but it's hard to say because the russian people traditionally were um monarchic right like they had monarchs for a long time and you could even argue that throughout the soviet union there was this sort of sense of like one leader who was leading everybody and would give them the answers. And in some ways, Putin, I think, is the return of the czars Um, and and this creation of like a monarchic kind of idea. Now, the Russians resist and see it as like their blood right to like ignore and subvert government. It's like Russians together versus the government, and it's very adversarial. Mm. Whereas you look in Canada and, for example, Canadians love to trust their government. They want to believe that their government is full of statesmen and not politicians, and that uh, these people fundamentally have their best interests at heart. But that that's a good way to be because I don't want to be a politician. I don't want to be a statesman. I want to go work on the things that resonate with me. And I don't want to have to I want to kind of elect people that will that I will trust with my best interests at heart. And we'll go out and do those things. Now, what happens though, if they don't, well, now I've got to go get involved in politics. It's, it's, there's pros and cons to both systems. Russians are like, no politician can be trusted. They are all liars. They're all snakes. Even if there is one good one, he's the exception to the rule. Um, whereas you look at, you know, Canada and it's like all the politicians generally have the best interests at heart. Um, and you know, especially the civil service, people generally believe that civil servants have their best interests at heart. Police officers, you know, the woman, the clerk behind the desk at some random, you know, motor vehicle organization. No, Russians believe that like the woman behind the desk at the motor vehicle organization is bureaucratic and is going to get in your way. And so it's all about us sticking together. We need to be united as Russian people helping each other to subvert this bureaucratic system at every corner but the problem is, is it creates a lot of waste it creates a lot of like inefficiency it's a lot of you know just kind of garbage
0: that's fascinating cuz uh, man it's like you wouldn't think that you wouldn't think that being over here you know cuz yeah. the, the US was born with that kind of mentality not trusting mm-hmm. government overthrowing the government because you know it wasn't serving the people forming mm-hmm. our own government um but now you go to the leadership that's here now and it's trying to be more like Canada, trying to be like, Hey, we're here to take care of you. It's our jobs mm-hmm. to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And then there's the people on the one side that are like, yeah, that's the government's job to take care mm-hmm. of us. When, uh, like that's never been my mentality. I've been ra- I was always raised with the, uh, yeah. Government causes more problems than it fixes. And yeah. the people, <laughs> the people, should be taking care of themselves you know uh so that's that's fascinating because you would never think that you know most people i think have the opposite idea because russia was was a a communist state for such a long time Mm -hmm. but uh, that's fascinating this
1: russia went through this phase like in the 90s um during perestroika after perestroika um, so basically mikhail gorbachev i won't give a whole history lesson here but essentially um the the last Um, leaders of the Soviet Union were really trying to like, they didn't want the plane to crash into the ground. They wanted it to have kind of a controlled landing and to revolutionize in a more of a, in a controlled way into like a capitalist market economy. Mm -hmm. And there were all these liberalizations that happened during perestroika. And the problem was, is that the nineties was this time of absolute lawlessness. Um, It became... For example, like, how do you move from a place where the government owns everything to the people own everything? Well, the way they did it was they basically had these like tickets where they would give out to each person in Russia would get a ticket that said basically, you own 0.0001% of Russia. Mm. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, that yeah, mean yeah. Anything. Was it like so a stock? Yeah. Was, yeah, it was like a stock. It was basically a stock. Okay. And what they did was they took these tickets, Though smart people, savvy business people, would collect these tickets and they would go to their friends and family and they would try to get as many of them as they could. And once they got some random arbitrary amount of them, they would rock up somewhere and say, I have 0.5% of Russia. Give me this factory or give me this, this um, bridge or I want these railroad cars or you know, I own this. And basically, the, um, the government would just be like, OK, sure, you own it now. <laughs> And, I
0: think, I, I think uh, a lot of those guys were ex uh, KGB guys. <laughs> like yeah, they, a they lot of them were yeah. very
1: you know existing business people, and they had the energy. And I spoke, I've spoken with um, so again through my network here. I've spoken with some older Russians as well, and I've asked them questions like, "What was the difference between people who succeeded during this time of just like ca- absolute chaos and uncertainty?" The time. You couldn't plan in the future because the everything was so uncertain and the time horizon had shortened. So you couldn't plan anything. Mm-hmm. Well, what was the difference between people who got absolutely fantastically rich from the people who did not? The people who got rich were very brave and they moved forward in spite of the uncertainty. And this is something I think we can learn from right now in the world is like, there's so much uncertainty going on right now. Like what's the stock market going to do? What's crypto going to do? What's You know, what's going to happen with my job? What's the legal environment going to look like? Um, You just have to continuously take action in spite of the uncertainty, right? Mm -hmm. And the other thing, too, that Russians really did, which was valuable, was they really formed like these brigades of guys that would, um, at the end of the day, get violent with each other. Um, If I want this factory and you want this factory, well, we're just going to go and beat you up, basically. There's a great TV show actually about um, uh, it's a girlfriend of mine, her father. It's actually about um, kind of like a loose idea of his life um, about this guy named Sasha Belov. And it's called Brigada. I think it's called Brigada. And Brigada is basically about these guys being like these gangsters and being mafia. But even the idea of like mafia is kind of a misnomer because. It's just anybody who was outside of the law, maybe, or not acting totally legally. But at that time, it was like, what was the law? It was such a you know convoluted concept to say, well, I have this goal of you know owning train cars, or I have this goal of owning you know this stadium, or this oil rig, or that ship, or whatever. It was a it was a free for all of just grab what you can out of the Soviet Union, essentially. So mm.
0: that's fascinating. Yeah. When you're talking about that. Uh, what comes to my mind is uh, Bob Proctor. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. He's read, mm-hmm. uh, you know, "Think and Grow Rich" like a million times. He just recently passed away, but mm-hmm. I, I watched an old interview with him, and mm-hmm. like I think from like the '70s or something, and he was telling this guy that he used to think that everyone like lost everything during the Great Depression. Yeah, and, uh, he's like. It's, but that's not the case. He's like, there's lots of people that got rich during the yeah. Great Depression. And uh, you talked about not listening to the Russian news. Mm-hmm. I stopped listening to uh, the local new- local news and national news about two that's years smart. ago. Just I just pulled away from it because I realized like 99% of it, zero control over, and most of it doesn't affect my day-to-day life. you mm-hmm. know. And not focusing on it, has let me focus on such like more positive things.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, and, you know, and then the, the idea that, Hey, you know, even in times of uncertainty, people get rich. Yeah. Like, like there's no reason to focus on the doom and gloom all the time you know, you mm-hmm. can <laughs> focus on what you can control and you'll probably end up being successful. You know. Yeah.
1: Well, it's true too, because like I was reading a recent book called, I love reading. I think it's imperative to be reading in this day and age. Yeah. So many people are just reading Instagram or reading like these really short, easily digestible ideas uh-huh. or- They only know, tune into like-
0: podcasts.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Long-form <laughs> podcasts, please, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Podcasts um, are good. Exactly. But Power Versus Force by David R. Hawkins, I was reading recently. And even the idea of like these levels of consciousness, um, if, I don't know if the listeners are familiar with this book, but the idea is basically that- You've got zero vibration or whatever, which is dead. And then a thousand, which is total enlightenment. But most of human civilization kind of moves around these pretty low levels of like, you know, you've got apathy, which is just maybe one step above death. Um, You've got grief, which is just above that, which is like, I'm a victim. I would do it, but I can't because I'm a victim of, you know, the government or, you know, my mom or whatever. Yeah. And moving to a higher level is actually to get angry, for example, Um, one higher than grief is anger, but higher than that is like fear. And it's like, I I could do it, but I'm nervous and afraid to do it. And this is, I think a big part of what this media machine tries to do is it tries to keep people disconnected. It tries to keep them afraid. It tries to basically reinforce this idea that like you, you can't do it. And even if you could, it would cause some irreparable damage to your life. If the, if you failed, if you Mm -hmm. failed, it would be devastating. Yeah. And, but also the one above fear is desire where it keeps you also running for your desires. Like I want a cool car. I want a hot girlfriend. I want a cool house. I want my friends to respect me all these different ideas. And so you're vacillating between this like constant fear of taking action and the desire for more. And it's it's so predatory and it keeps you in this state of like paralyzed with inaction, but then the, the machine is able to offer you like, oh, just get a job. Oh, just work nine to five, that'll be your way out. And they give these very narrow ways out, which are completely controlled. It's like a theme park. They've turned reality into like this theme park mm-hmm. um, where there's really, and this is my tough part is like, there's no cracks to fall through anymore. Um, like as a man, you don't want everything like smooth and polished and nice and shiny and safe and, you know, everything's nicely collected in a pile. No, I want like cracks to fall through. I want some danger. I want some adventure. And many men turn towards like video games to fulfill this desire. Um, but this has been one of the things I've enjoyed about Russia so far is that there's still cracks to fall through. There's still dangerous things to get into. And sure, it's not like, you know, maybe life threatening, but it just feels a bit more masculine, maybe to have these sort of, you know, even just like a nightclub that doesn't seem entirely safe. Um, Mm -hmm. That just seems a little bit like the people here, you know, if you screw around with them a little too much, it might get you into a bit of trouble. And that's kind of fun. It's kind of interesting.
0: That reminds me of my navy days and going down to Tijuana. Uh, (laughs) Oh, how so? Oh, just man, Tijuana was uh, it's crazy down there, you know. And uh, when I when I joined the navy, I was eighteen, and uh, and so obviously between eighteen and twenty one, I'm not allowed to drink. But when I was stationed in San Diego, the border is just you know thirty minutes a thirty minute trolley ride to the border, and then you walk across the border. And then you're immediately in this third world country where mm-hmm. you have to walk down uh, this, this shitty alleyway to get to what's called Revolutionary Avenue. And that's where most of the clubs are in yeah. Tijuana. But that crazy alleyway, you're just like looking around because you don't know if someone's going to try to, you know, hold you up for your money. It's, oh, yeah. it's just like lawless down there. And then yeah. the federales are all on the take, you know, yeah. so there's there's no one you can turn to. And yeah. And then you go down there and it's just like, you're relying on uh, like the sailors around you to like, we got to watch our, each other's backs down here and stuff. And I don't remember that. it's crazy, crazy, just crazy stuff. But you know, that kind of stuff developed or it makes you build character. You know? Absolutely, I was just going to
1: say the same thing. It really helps you like sharpen your claws as a man. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, I think I remember hearing on like Jordan Peterson's Joe Rogan podcast from like, you know, years ago now. Um, this idea that like, if all you can be is nice, it's not that valuable. You need to be able to be a monster and then choose to be kind Mm -hmm. and choose to be peaceful. It's like the warrior in the garden is worth more than is better than to be a gardener in a war. Yeah. And that's something I think that a lot of young Russian people that I've been talking to, they just seem to be like more savvy. Now, this brings another problem, which is that they have a lot of they have a lot of um, trust issues with each other. They really seem to struggle to trust each other. They really struggle to like, like, oh, are you going to try and screw me over? And they notice like, you know, people trying to screw them over um, maybe preemptively when someone wasn't really trying to screw you over. Maybe there was a misinterpretation or something like this. And they'll sort of like walk away from relationships and walk away from friendships. Um, over like really dumb, strange like kind of stuff, perceived slight. Yeah. Um, Which isn't very healthy either. No, no, it's not. (laughs) It's not for sure. And definitely when you're trying to like, it's been strange. Like I've had a few Russian people come to me now, um, especially women, for example, will say, um, you know, the idea of a guy building a social circle or an entourage of a whole bunch of women and then also simultaneously not really like dating them or giving them any particular special attention as like, this is my girlfriend, um, chasing them down and wanting and being like, be my wife, be my girlfriend. Um, I had one girl who's very smart. And she was telling me how at first she found this very strange and kind of off-putting. But then when she started to meet, for example, like all of my other girlfriends, all of the other couple, I haven't met so many guys. It's harder to find good guys. I find guys are kind of more like in two piles. There's like a small pile of interesting guys and a big yeah. pile of like just not that great guys. Yeah. But women are much more average and they're more able to fit into whatever kind of environment they're in. Um, maybe just a product to be more empathetic. But she was telling me how um, it was just strange for her when she first met me being like, is he trying to date me? Is he trying to just like the idea of guys and girls being friends is kind of strange. Mm-hmm. And but when she started to realize that like there's all of these other benefits to connecting with Malcolm and connecting with his group of friends, all of a sudden she's like, I'm a true believer in this. She's like, I want to teach everybody in Russia this idea of like, just connect with each other, Mm -hmm. build your group, build a gang, build a crew of people. It makes it, it makes life. um, It facilitates so much more in life. It's insanity. It's insane what you can do when you just have more people.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. Cause the last time we spoke, you said that, Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you said that Mm -hmm. you typically found that building connections with men was actually more beneficial because there would be like business owners or one guy Mm -hmm. might own a yacht or something. And so how how has that changed since being in Russia and connecting more with women as opposed to like...
1: No, I still, I'm absolutely, the point still stands. I think that connecting with men, a lot of guys just have this like very um, unidimensional, maybe focus on like, you know, I need women, I need girls. (laughs) And it's like, how do I get the
0: girls? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's like, um, it's like, it's the same idea of like, I need to learn game. Mm -hmm. I need to learn how to spit good lines at people on the street or something like this. Um, the over-focusing on women is dangerous in my opinion. And most of the time it stems from guys who are looking to women to tell them who they are Mm. and to be able to give them some kind of purpose in life so that they can get like good boy pats on the head by surrogate mommies essentially. And it's that they never really figured out their relationship with their mom because they never did the very important, but very difficult transition from the comfortable lap of your mother into the challenging world of men. And a lot of men, and I've seen them, they're like, some of them are in their forties even, and they've never made that bridge from mommy telling me what to do and leading my life and instructing me on how to live into the self-determined, independent or interdependent kind of man who can who can choose the direction that he wants in life. So that man can choose to be around more women. But for the man who's still looking for like mommy to stand in for him, it's very dangerous. and he needs to like almost have like a like a ritualized becoming a man ceremony or something, go out and do something difficult and challenging before he can honestly um, and in a real way connect with women. Um, so I would say, to clarify, I guess the point, is that yes, 100%. It's valuable to connect with men, and it is in most ways more valuable to connect with men. But good men are a lot more rare than attractive women. Attractive women are like dime a dozen. Guys get so obsessed over like, oh, this one hot girl. Yeah, they're everywhere. <laughs> like, yeah. there's so many attractive women. Like, it's it's actually crazy how many just hot girls there are out there. Um, I know Americans are getting kind of fat these days, but um, there's still hot later, women here. A- yeah. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> I, I,
0: just, just a side topic. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with him. There's this guy, uh, John, from Modern Life Dating. He, I'm sure, no. he, he. Uh, he's one of the Rule Zero guys. He moved to Japan.
1: Okay. And he. And he what is that Rule Zero?
0: Rule Zero. It's a. It's a, a men's uh, podcast. They do it every Saturday, okay. and it's like Rolo Tomasi, a uh, bunch of other guys from the Manosphere. and it's a panel okay. discussion. And he's on the panel. And he's he he moved to Japan and he trashes America and he's like, everyone's fat there and the women ain't worth shit and all this stuff, right? Like, he's that guy, and he's like, oh, over here in Japan, like women are so much better. And there, you know, there's a lot of guys that that share that sentiment. Uh, but I am like, I love America, you know, I'm I'm one of those guys, and so I'm like, yeah, there's some fat ass chicks here, there's some skanks here, but there's still good women here. Come on, guys, you know, like we, we have a huge ass country. You know, Japan's like this big. We have like this much space. You yeah. don't think you can find a good woman in that much space? Fuck off, you know. But
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's also just this. I don't want to go down the route of like this is going to start getting branded as some kind of nationalist ideal. No, no. But,
0: but the thing, is, like to like your country. You
1: gotta uh, like your people. You yeah. know, it's like my family's not perfect. You know, my my mom and dad and I argue sometimes. My sister and I don't always get along. But it's still your family. Right. And your countrymen, your country folk are an extension of your family. And to just kind of up and leave and run off and be like, I like this other family better. It it's kind of like it just doesn't sit with me. It just feels weird. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, the the one thing I do respect him for, and I I like his stuff I like his con like he actually has some entertaining yep. stuff, but uh the thing I respect him for is uh he doesn't like it here and so he left. Great. Yeah. Because yeah. there's so many people that are here bitching about it, and it's like, well, mm-hmm. fucking leave then, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, like, but they won't. They just want to sit here, and bitch. He he yeah. didn't. He moved. So great. Good on him, yeah, you
1: know. him. And I know. I mean, I did the same thing. I know how it can be very difficult. It's definitely yeah. tough to move to a new city to find, you know, to have to start over like that. It's it's definitely difficult. If you have the right strategies to do it, it can be you know easier, but like I couldn't imagine, like I've got clients who are, you know, moving to new cities for work, even within the United States. And they're arriving in a new city and they're looking around and they're like, oh shit, <laughs> mm. I have no friends and I have no idea how to meet anybody. And it's difficult. It's really difficult for them when you don't have the right, you know, you don't know what to do.
0: Yeah. What When when you moved to Russia, you, uh, you left with a few people though, right? Like you didn't just go by yourself.
1: I came with two other people. Yeah. Okay. So they so were at each like, other. yeah, yeah, exactly. They were Canadians. Um, well, a Canadian and a Russian who was living in Canada, but yeah, like that was a big reason why we came to Russia here was again, like the extension of my sort of, you know, gang, we'll call it, um, of a bunch of guys that I kind of went to private school with when I was a kid and then other people that I've met over the years and, and connected with. And those guys are all of us, we sort of have like weekly, we'll get together and talk. And we were discussing, like, you know, we're really not impressed with the direction that Canada is going. And we want to figure out, okay, you know, long-term rich people don't think in terms of one year, they think in terms of like 10 years. And so we're trying to think like, okay, is Canada the place that we want to be in 10 years from now? I just don't know. And so a lot of people are kind of like, even Russians are like, why would you go to Russia? Like, what on earth? <laughs> but I really think that like economically in the future, if there's a few key issues that if Russia can get past them, I think that they will do really, really exceedingly well in the future. Like they've got the natural resources, they've got the smart people, they've got like pretty good international relationships with like the Eastern Bloc. They've got good relationships with China. And so... I don't know the future will it will we'll see what the future holds but i do like ideologically i do like the way the russian people think i'm kind of alarmed like the idea of raising kids in canada um is sort of like eh, you know i'm not going to put them into public school it takes a village to raise a child and you know i've got the community for sure and i think it's super important for men to be connecting with other men and other women for more than just like fun nonsense but also for like like lifestyle, but not just like fun lifestyle for like, um, productive lifestyle for building businesses that can provide for you and your family for finding other people that see the world similarly to you, but can inject good values and good lifestyle into your children as well. And can watch you and keep you accountable and can watch your wife and keep her accountable. And you can watch them and you all are kind of looking out for each other and keeping you on, the straight and narrow maybe as the rest of the world is kind of burning and that's a huge important component that i'm just not convinced that canada has it's pulling a lot of people down and a lot of people as you said before right everyone's focused on oh it's so bad oh it's so terrible we'll do something about it or shut up and make a you know make your make your bed or whatever it's called like where you just live just just deal with it
0: yeah yeah, that's really all you can do. Um, let's go. Let's switch over to uh, some of the things we were chatting about before. Uh, yeah. Before setting this up, one of the things you said that you've realized uh, over the last few months is that it's more expensive to book economy than business class because you can make <laughs> yeah. you can make valuable connections in business class. Now, this is interesting because I I wrote this note down. I just read the book "Sell or Be Sold" by Grant Cardone. Yeah, great book. And yeah, and he says it's more expensive basically to bring a sack lunch than it is to go out and take a client to lunch because you can't make sales dining alone.
1: Oh, interesting. I know I must have missed that part of the book. Yeah, it's the same idea. Yeah. It's absolutely the same idea. It's um, yeah, the the reason the reason why I had this epiphany was because I was riding on the high-speed rail from St. Petersburg to Moscow for a motorcycle race. And the guy that I met in the dining car he and I have become pretty good friends and I've met through him now a few other people. And he was in first class or business class. I forget which one we were in. And I just booked that ticket on a whim. Like usually I would have just gone economy because it's like, why would I spend the money? I don't really need a meal. I don't really care about, you know, a comfier seat. I don't, you know, that's not a value that I prioritize for. And so I'd rather just take that opportunity to practice, you know, poverty or whatever. But, um,
0: Minimalism, minimalism. minimalism
1: sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, Seneca Seneca talks about in the Stoic, the Stoic philosopher, Seneca talks about the value of practicing poverty occasionally mm. to like, he was pretty rich. And so he would basically go, uh, you know, once or twice a month and basically go be homeless for a day. And he would realize that like his fear around like having nothing, it wasn't actually that big of a deal. Like he would sleep on the street and be like, no, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. And it kind of evaporated his fear of poverty. And so it meant that he wasn't running away from things so much as he was running towards ideals and goals. Right. Interesting. We call um, it camping
0: here, but yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So he, uh, yeah. So I met this guy on the train and it's facilitated like a whole bunch of different opportunities for us, um, travel opportunities. Um, we went like riding dirt bikes the other day with him. Um, and now I've met some of his friends who are opening up a nightclub and now I have some opportunities there to be you know, in with the management of this nightclub or the owners, I guess, of this nightclub. So it's it's really cool where the doors that open by putting yourself into higher class, higher caliber environments. And so, yeah, Grant Cardone's right. Like taking a bag lunch and sitting in the bathroom on the toilet is dangerous. You're cutting yourself off from all the opportunities to meet other people. If you were to go out somewhere, it's like going with your friends for, um, for lunch at Denny's versus going to like a slightly, I don't know, bougier place maybe and getting to know the wait staff, getting introduced, you know, introducing yourself to another table of people, cheersing some random people at another table. And then you find out, oh dang, that's the owner of some, you know, big company. And wow, he's actually a really cool guy and we totally hit it off. And now I can provide him with this value and he can provide me with this value. And even just to have friends of virtue, people you get along with, um we sort of have this idea that like rich people or successful people are a little bit like rude or they're somehow like a like immoral or something like this but it's actually usually the opposite the people who are high value in our world are usually high value in many different ways they have a a stronger spirituality they have a stronger um morality they have they enjoy beauty and excellence and things like this whereas people who are poor usually have a poor mindset in like every area of their life. They see everything from this poor person mentality. Like they see women as, you know, status objects that they need to fight over, or they see, they judge other people very negatively or, and they never read and they never do anything with their time except for just consume. They don't produce anything. It's this poor person mindset, which, which pervades all aspects of their lives.
0: Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really sad too. I see a lot of guys, uh, follow people like Andrew Tate. Do you know, have you, are you familiar with no, Andrew no, no, no. Tate? I've heard the
1: name, but I can't place it. Probably for the best.
0: Uh, he, <laughs> I like what he says though. I mean, he's, he says some, some interesting stuff, but he's, he's so brash. He's such, uh, like he just comes across like his character is like this, uh, and I say character cause he's clearly playing a character, but he, he he comes across as this arrogant rich guy that like I drive Bugattis and and you're mm-hmm. poor and don't be poor and you know women like me because Wait, I'm is rich. he like
1: the bald guy who always wears sunglasses and yeah. different... oh yeah 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 I've seen yeah, him, yeah, yeah. I've seen
0: him. And, and the and the I, I keep wanting to make a video about it i just try to think of the wording here baby go lay down my puppies right here um <laughs> he I want to make a video about this like there's guys that follow him because they they're like you know oh this guy he 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 rides private jets and he screws mm. all these women all around the world and look how rich he is and stuff like that but mm. uh if you if you read like a book like the millionaire next door like most rich guys aren't like that most rich mm. guys aren't driving around bugattis and and, and living in McMansions mansions and and yeah. stuff like that they they and they're down to earth people you know like every every seriously wealthy guy that i've met totally cool you know yeah, yeah. not all loud mouth like that driving pi- private yeah. jets and shit you know
1: And even the guys who are flying private jets, um, they're often nice guys too, right? Like I, even with Grant Cardone, like I remember when Clubhouse first started, I was one of the early, you know, members of Clubhouse, which if people don't know, was sort of like this um, invitation only voice chat room thing. It was kind of like old school team speak almost. Mm -hmm. And so you would have topics and rooms that you could discuss different topics. And Grant Cardone was on there and he and a couple other guys were hosting rooms and i remember talking with him and his daughter actually who's quite an interesting girl as well she's really young but you know he's a very genuine nice guy he's not um he doesn't really have a lot of negativity he doesn't really see people as better or worse he just more sees people as like inhibited or not inhibited in a lot of ways like even he i remember him talking to his daughter and and how She also seemed to exemplify this idea of like, you're either doing it or you're not. And and we want to surround ourselves with people who are doing it was kind of the idea yeah. and whatever it is for you. But as long as you're doing something and you're doing it on a high level and you're really pushing yourself to do more and you're producing, a lot of times wealthy people are interested in being around you. If you are letting out your authentic self, so many of us are, are grasping life so tightly all the time. Um, that nothing can flow. Nothing can flow through you when you've got your, your fist so tightly clenching the little bit that you have. But if you start, it's scary, I know, but if you start to open your hand, you'll really find more flows to you. Like even in in social circle, um, one of the things that I teach the guys is like, don't when a woman comes into your social circle, don't immediately be evaluating whether or not she's the right one for you to date. If anything, introduce your friends to her, help her find a good guy that she could date. And the more you say, I have many people who are interested in me. And so I freely introduce my friends. I'm not threatened by guys trying to meet my my girlfriends. The more you do that, the more women see a man who is very open, very outcome independent, very confident, has options. And ironically, they actually get more interested in you when you're the one saying like, like, hey, why don't you go meet my friends? Hey, here's somebody here I can introduce you to. And they're going like, wait, wait, what? You're not interested in me? And you're like, yeah, let's be friends. Hey, you're like a sister to me, whatever. And and they get so much more interested in you when you can. And it's the same for money, right? When you're like so tight-fisted with it, it it doesn't really move. When you can just sort of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I, I give it away because I don't need it. Mm-hmm. You'll find a lot more it comes to you and people are more willing to like give to you too.
0: Honestly, uh, I don't know if you believe in it or not, but that's that's law of attraction stuff right there you know Is it? okay yeah oh it's totally law of attraction stuff you know the more um you know you sit there and think about you know what you don't have yeah. right the more you're thinking about lack the more mm-hmm. lack comes to you and mm-hmm. like the it it as opposed to having an abundance mindset you hear people talk about abundance mindsets all the time yeah and you know like but when you have that abundance mindset you get more abundance. And that's, that's, I've never
1: really read any of the law of attraction stuff. Where would you start if you wanted to? Cause I've had a few people now message me and say like, yo, you should read law of attraction. Where would you start? What would be the starting point on that topic?
0: Uh, honestly, I think, um, the movie, the secret is a great starter, but the problem with the secret is it, it really comes across as this magical thinking, Thing okay. where like, we'll like if you just around. wish it, it'll magically happen, and that's not how uh-huh. it works. Um, there's lots of you know, explanations for why it works. There's like spiritual mm-hmm. i'm I'm writing a book right now. there's a and the first chapters on law of attraction, right? so there's there's a spiritual explanation for it. There's a mm-hmm. quantum physics explanation for it, and then there's just the psychological explanation for it, which I think is just the simplest. it's the most mm-hmm. believable, and it makes yeah. the most sense. so that so I explain it from that perspective in my book, Interesting. Uh, well, I'm to read it. but really it's just like whatever you're, you you focus your, your mind and attention to like your subconscious just mm-hmm. spends night and day figuring out how to make it a
1: reality. Right. And yeah, and this is where we talk to um, about the idea of your reticular activation system, yeah. right? You've got your RAS in your head where if you, are looking for the color blue and you're thinking about blue, you're going to notice blue everywhere. Right. But if like I the picture in your background. Ben, yeah. Then <laughs> immediately you're thinking about red. Yeah, exactly. And so the same is true on a, on a much grander sense of if you get clear on what are the type of people you want to be around, what is the type of women you want to be around? What kind of things do you want to do? And you get clear on that and you start to think about it all the time. You kind of naturally bring it into your life. You naturally will sort of draw it into yourself. But Mm -hmm. if you're always thinking about how, oh, people don't like me, oh, people, I'm kind of annoying and people are annoyed by me. Well, then that's what you're going to find. You're just going to find more people who are annoyed by you all the time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of that, you also said that uh, you recommend that people dedicate themselves to no drama in social circles. And if you start getting sucked into drama, the the whole thing can explode as you compromise your status as a man in a very public way. What do you, what did you mean by that? Like in a public well, way? That is
1: funny. So when I wrote, like, cause we were talking about that idea, um, before, and that was something which like, I'm not some sage on a mountaintop who's like passing down, you know, magic wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very much in the trenches with the rest of my clients and with the telegram group that we're in. Um, it is, it's a battlefield out here, right? Every day, guys are getting smacked down by mistakes and getting crushed by stuff, but it's your ability to get up and keep moving forward. But at that time, um, I had gotten crushed a little bit by and compromised my reputation, maybe as just sort of like this high value guy that doesn't really need anything from women and isn't manipulated, isn't manipulatable, maybe um and i had gotten a little bit too interested maybe in one woman whose behavior was not that good and had encouraged bad behavior because of you know my own maybe issues i don't know what they might be Mm -hmm. i guess i know what they are but we won't go into that right now (laughs) fair enough um yeah but it was just like i made some mistakes chasing people a little too much um caring a little too much about what people thought of me um and when you're in a social circle and when you when you're in a public setting like that even if it's a group of 12 people or 15 people and you're making a fool of yourself like that by being so needy it it's very dangerous and so you have to be very quick to say to refer back again to like what do you want what do you want out of your social life what do you want your social circle to look like and when one person is doing things which are not what you want you can talk to them about it and you can bring it to their attention and you can understand that you know people don't act in the service of evil nobody wakes up in the morning and says you know i'm going to make the world a shittier place for everybody except maybe some psychopaths
0: Mm -hmm.
1: people act in service of their own needs and so for example if a woman's trying to get your attention and she's creating drama and problems you can make it clear to her that like you get more of my time when you act excellent And you get less of my time when you act shitty. But if you give her more of your time when she acts shitty, she's just going to act shittier all the time because you're reinforcing the behavior that you don't want. And so you really have to dedicate yourself. And this is as much for myself and my clients as it is for everybody. You have to dedicate yourself to if a person is causing drama, even if it's someone you like, even if it's someone who you really want it to work out with, you need to distance yourself from that person. You need to make it clear that drama is not okay. And then you need to sort of use the old soft next, where you just <laughs> sort of you get more of my time when you're good, and you get less of my time when you're not good to be around. And yeah. I don't, I don't need anything from you. I don't need validation or something like this, where I will put up with abusive and bad behavior from somebody. No, you simply won't.
0: Yeah, I. It's interesting what what comes to my mind when uh, when you're. Ex- talk about that situation is mm-hmm. uh, I see a lot of guys in uh, the 3% man group. Um, I see a lot of guys in my comments section where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they'll, they'll have a lot of this type of information down, you know, mm-hmm. um, the how to be a 3% man type stuff, mm-hmm. but they've spent their whole lives being uh, under operating under a certain programming and they haven't read the book in a while. They've been out of practice And Mm -hmm. they start falling back on the old programming and they let that kind of stuff happen. Uh, it happens to all of us, you know? And I think like it really, the key to that sort of thing is being conscious of it. Don't beat Mm -hmm. yourself up for it. Cause I mean, like everyone slips and then like, you know, figuring out a path forward on how to not let that happen again. And also to
1: have the, the men around you that don't have your ego Mm -hmm. and don't have Cause you think about it when someone's like, you know, falling in love or when someone's, you know, it's the same receptors in your brain that light up when you're doing hard drugs, it's literally a drug addiction. And yeah. people act in insane nonsensical ways to get heroin and they act in insane nonsensical ways to get love or lust or whatever it is, this sort of like infatuative feeling. Mm-hmm. And so you need to have guys around you that will call you to be the best version of yourself and say, Hey, Whoa, bro, what you're doing here is not right. This is not you. Mm -hmm. And you need to, and they can give you direct advice. I remember reading, I don't remember where I read this. It might've been 3% man. It might've been somewhere else where you need to, uh, if, if your, your friends need to come to you and say, you're saying like, oh, I kind of want to, you know, screw this woman at my work, but I don't want to screw up my marriage. I think this wasn't 3% man. And it's like, they need to come to you and they say, okay, either do it or shut up about it forever. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> and so this is what it is, right? Is you need yeah. to have manly men that will come to you and say, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like, this is pathetic. This is totally pathetic. And I've had, and some guys are so hopelessly addicted. I've had clients in the past that I've had to say to them, like, do not speak to me about this ever again. Either go, you know, chase your ex till the point where you have a restraining order against you, or shut up about it and start going and meeting more people. And one guy, like, there's guys who chose basically to chase her until they got a restraining order against her, against them. Yeah. And, if you if you're not gonna do if you're not gonna listen to what your friends say, like why even have the friends? But the value of the friends is so 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 immense. To yeah. have a group of guys that can say like we see this, this is not okay, man. Then and so we're gonna help you get past that. Yeah, that's uh,
0: honestly one of the re- reasons why uh, I'm a big fan of of the Red Pill. Not mm-hmm. and not not the trash you see online where people are just bashing women because that's not yeah. that's not Red Pill. That's just douchebags on the well, internet i mean it's the
1: anger phase right like i was heavily involved in the red pill community when it was on reddit yeah and it's very infancy yeah. and that was something that we always said was that and this is actually from power versus force by david r hawkins is that you go through these levels right mm-hmm. you start off at apathy where you're like i don't care about anything everything's fucked i'm worthless nothing's worth doing it's all stupid and then mm-hmm. you actually, to, you can't just jump all the way to like love and inspiration and willingness and all these like high, high virtuous values.
0: Mm-hmm. You actually have
1: to move up step by step. And so you move from apathy towards grief and you move into victim status. And for a person who's in apathy to move towards victim status is actually huge. In that movie, Goodwill Hunting, where Robin Williams is saying to Will, like, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's actually very cathartic to tell somebody who's in apathy that it's not your fault. And you see Will starts crying where he's like, he's just breaking down because he's moving to a higher energetic level
0: mm-hmm. where
1: he's saying like, it's not your fault, it's not your fault. But we don't wanna stay in grief, we wanna move up even more. And that's the next step is anger, where you're like yeah. anger in the sense of injustice, that things are not the way you want them to be. Get angry, get really angry, but don't stay there. Move yeah. toward courage where you start to be courageous and you start to take action and you start to do things which then you move from courage up to even higher levels. And so a lot of the guys in the Red Hill community, they get stuck in this like forever anger phase. Yeah. Well, no, you need to keep moving forward. It's good that you moved from apathy to anger. That's great. That's really good. It shows a, it shows movement forward that I can do it, but I'm being held back by something and I'm angry about it. Well, keep moving forward. Don't get stuck there where you're just like yelling about women and then yelling or something like this.
0: Yeah. Well, that, that, that's all accurate too. But what, what I was, uh, what I meant by that though, was that, uh, one of the things that it's taught me is mm-hmm. that, uh, to not like so guys tend to want to get lost in new relationships and they, mm. they, they fall he- head over heels in love and <laughs> right. It, and, and what red pills taught me is that, um, it's good to, be aware of yourself more and stay lovingly detached that way. That way you can still maintain healthy boundaries, still maintain like a, you know, leadership role in the relationship. You know, you can, you can love her, but you need to also be aware of, of it and yourself and your actions and stuff like that so that you can maintain Mm -hmm. those healthy boundaries. That's, Mm -hmm. that's one of the things I've, I've learned. um, Yeah. Which is
1: ultimately very attractive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're at an hour here. My dog's losing her mind and I have a hard stop. So I think we should wrap this up. Yeah, man. We only got to like a fraction of the things that uh, we were talking about, talking about. I don't um, care.
1: It's it's always fun to chat. And I think these are, hopefully these are interesting for people.
0: Oh, no. I think think there's a lot of value in this conversation. Um, Malcolm, where can people find you online?
1: Uh, That's a good question right now. Um, My Instagram is changing right now because I think I got shadow banned on Instagram for... Posting a certain video that got uh, Instagram a little riled up, but probably the best place to find me is just my website, elevatedatingblueprint.com. I usually stay on there.
0: Okay. Well, if you, um, you were also talking about possibly starting a new Instagram. Um, So if by the time this airs, I think this will air in like September or something like that. If you've had, if you have that, just shoot it to me and I'll put it in the description. So, guys. Check the description. We'll see. Just see, <laughs> see if he has a new Instagram. Otherwise, go to his website.
1: <laughs> yeah. And hopefully, we can do this again. I think that there's uh, there's definitely some other stuff that you and I were discussing that I think would be valuable and interesting for people. But the Russia stuff is so um, pertinent, I guess, to what's going on right now. And I think people people ask me like constantly about it. So it's good yeah. to talk about it. It's good to share.
0: Yeah. I think people will find this uh, fascinating. They're like, wait a minute, Russia's not this crazy dictatorship and it's no, the, it's with more the gulags free and shit. Canada yeah. was. That's crazy. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. All right, brother. I'm going to let you have your day back. All right. Have a good one. All right. Yeah. Malcolm, thanks for joining me again, brother. It was great catching up with you. Excellent conversation as usual. Um, as always, you're welcome back anytime. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know, uh, I think he might have, I'm, I'm recording this like weeks after he and I talked, so I'll have to go back and double check, but uh, he might have mentioned his Instagram. Um, and if he didn't, whatever, but he's got a new Instagram now, I guess that's what I'm getting at. He, his original Instagram somehow happened, something happened to it, got banned for whatever reason, it, it, which is weird. Cause he doesn't post anything, you know, edgy, not like my TikToks where like, sometimes I'll post some shit on there. That's really just sort of clickbaity gets people like all up in their feels, And, um, sometimes I get reported <laughs> But Malcolm never, never posts anything like that. So yeah, he, he hit me up and uh, said that he's got a new account. So I'll, I'll post a link to that into the, in the description as well. But um, I hope you guys got a lot out of this episode Um, again, please help support the show by joining my Patreon. I mentioned at the beginning of the show that the, the, the five tiers have changed. They've gotten better. I think, I think you'll get more value out of them. So check it out. Uh, The lowest tier starts at five bucks. Like it's like buying me a beer. So check it out. Patreon.com slash come on man pod. That's patreon.com slash come on man pod. The link is in the description. Other than that, we'll talk to you guys next week. This has been the come on man podcast. New full episodes served hot every Monday morning on your favorite podcast platform of choice. So subscribe now. Follow Paul on social media. The links are in the description.
1: Now, go out and get it.